everybody. I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vinnie Civitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is a podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. Okay, just a couple of housekeeping matters before we get started. This podcast is available anywhere where you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's Alexa. We throw them up on YouTube. Basically, whatever you're doing right now to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, keep doing it. Um, If you just stumbled upon this and you want to make sure that you're always hearing it whenever we come out, njbia.org slash subscribe is how you can make sure that we notify you whenever we're new. So with us today from Thomas Edison State University is actually one of our very original guests on OPB, Tom Phillips. Say hi, let the audience hear your voice. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, uh, Kate and Vinny, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Pleasure's ours. Yeah. 75 episodes later, three years. Who would have guessed? Here I am. <laughs> Let's try to not make it so long between now and the next time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. So today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? So it used to be I'll a different start. icebreaker are, are, every time, but now we're just doing binging. Vinny's going to start. Okay, good. Oh, if you had an answer, go ahead. But, you know, there's always that awkward period where everybody's sitting around like, who's going to go first? (laughs) No, I'm just wondering if you're talking food or entertainment, (laughs) what I've been doing. I I never even considered the food binging thing. That's going to be my answer to this question from now until forever. Because Um, the past four months, it could be one or both or either. It doesn't matter. Especially during COVID. Oh, my gosh. That's my boy. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. No, um, I I've recently been binging, and I just finished it. The the Umbrella Academy season two. Um, in fact, I I went through it, got to the end, and then I wanted to read ahead, so I picked up the books and binged through them, and now I'm caught up on both the show and the books. So yeah. So ambitious, my gosh. I know. For those who don't know, the Umbrella Academy is a Netflix original show. It's kind of it's a superhero thing, kind of in the vein of like X Men. It was written by the singer-songwriter from My Chemical Romance, and they converted it into a uh, Netflix show. The show is considerably better than the books. I mean, we're talking like not like night and day. The books like borderline awful, but the uh, the show is actually really good. Usually works the other way around. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. The show is uh, not the show. Sorry, the book is like almost unreadable. Like the, there's some really cool ideas. Um, wrapped around like a totally incoherent plot with characters that don't go anywhere. And then I guess the job of the person who makes the show is just to take those cool ideas and be like, all right, how can we develop this into something people would actually want to watch? So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, what about you? What are you binging? Um, Food, ice cream treats. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I think we mentioned this on, what, 75 episodes ago. Uh, I am a uh, huge fan of uh, women's basketball. And so the WNBA starting off in their wobble has been great, especially since there's games every single day and they're doing double headers on TV. So it's a good, it's a, it's a been a fun little respite for me. And especially since uh, their, their platform right now in doing this is nothing, it, they're, they're doing continuous social justice issues. They're all about social justice mm-hmm. and, and telling the stories and um it's it's a really cool thing to watch to watch these women just 
you know, do what they need to do for a sport that they love and, and causes that they're passionate about. So it's really, it's been a really cool thing to watch and see, not just the, the talent level that it takes to be a professional mm -hmm. athlete, but their social, their social justice cause that they're bringing to the forefront has been uh, especially fun to watch at the same time. So it's been incredibly entertaining, actually. So it's been fun. How are they incorporating the social justice into the thing? I'd love to tell you that I'm watching the WNBA, but I'm going to be admitted and just that's say okay. That not, so. <laughs> um, so what they've been what they've been doing is, is they've been um, they they've really gone into the say her name um, uh, movement as part of the Black Lives Matter movement, and they've been focusing. They have Black Lives Matter on the on all the courts, um, and they do um, they they highlight. Uh, especially over the weekends, a uh, an African American woman who has been uh, killed uh, by police that that people may not know, that people aren't talk about. They all have Breonna Taylor's name on the back of their jerseys. Every team below their own last name um, to to just to highlight some of those social justice issues that we're seeing around the going around the country now. And it's really kind of cool that you know, they're, they've been given this platform at this time to, to use their voices and to, and it's, it's really being done pretty artfully. They've, they've made a full on commitment. They've got a full social justice committee, um, in the wobble. Um, and it's been really kind of interesting in, 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 for whatever reason, we're hearing a lot more of their personal stories too, um, which is really kind of a big, kind of a cool thing as well. The players' uh, personal stories? Yeah, players' personal stories. I hear a lot more now about, um, you know, their their uh, who they're married to. They I was watching a Chicago Sky game the other night, and they were talking about Courtney Vandersloot, who's the team leader and assist, and she's she gets to assist to the leading scorer, who's Allie Quigley, and they're married. I never knew that. Wow. Um, you know, they're like, how cool is that? You get to you you get to the leading assist leader, the team assist leader gets to team, the team leading scorer, and they happen to be married. And because of that, they get to be in the wobble together, um, because there are the teams are have to they have to reside together as a unit. The teams do so, um, but they talked about how some other couples um, on, are on different teams. Some other um, WNBA players are married and they're on different teams, so they have to be a part in the wobble. Um, but they all kind of come together for social issues and things like that. It's a really cool. It's been really cool to watch. And Can I ask a really dumb question? I, I this yeah. is going to reveal just how not a sports guy I am these days. What's a wobble? Um, well, they they've called it the wobble. Sounds um, like an awesome name to tell you. Whatever it is, it came to light because the NBA um, is in Florida doing something very similar, and they called it the bubble. But it's the women's bubble, so the wobble. The wobble, I love it. They call it the wobble. <laughs> That's awesome. They're, they, and they're literally there. That's what they do. They're they're living there. They seventy five percent of the games that they're playing in this very truncated season are being played with only twenty four hours rest, which is almost unheard of. It just their body just have to give their bodies enough time to rest. Um, but they're doing it. And um, the fact that they're doing it with the, the social justice cause at the, at the forefront of it has just been, it's a, it's a very conscious decision. And it's been really pretty amazing um, to watch them. I've been watching them for years, but they're, you know, you're, you, you see it all in a very different, different light. Plus there's no fans in the stands, which is so bizarre to me. And it's so weird to watch a basketball game with no fans in the stands. And they try to pipe in noise, like it's a crowd noise or whatever, but no, but it's so I've been seeing such weird things with that, like uh, not necessarily with the WNBA or NBA, but they'll they'll have like cardboard cutouts of people in the stands. I saw one where it was like 
um, they had people through VR and they were kind of like showing yeah. what they would look like. And somebody tried to high five the person next to them and they made like a whole thing out of it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird yeah. times in which we it's, live in. It's, well, I think a lot of that too, they put the people in the stands and cardboards for depth to give you depth, especially yeah. like I was watching some of the baseball games and they put they put the right behind home plate, they put the cardboard because, you know, you got to think the pitchers are used to pitching with people behind the home plate. And there's a there's a depth thing that goes with that. You can see I'm I'm hopeful either that or just making it look good, like there's people in the stands. But I gotta think too, there's gotta be some some type of you're used to having people there. So that makes sense. I saw one where they had the guy from Weekend at Bernie's like as one of the cardboard cutouts. And yeah, yeah. 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 Thought that is genius. It's hilarious. All kinds of people are getting in there. It's it's been it's been actually kind of fun. To, you know, to to across that it's what it's what we're doing. I think sports tends to be one thing that generally unites us um all of us um whether everybody's got their team or regardless of the sport or whatever and you come across all lines and walks of life to support whatever your team is if you will so i think it's been kind of cool i've actually watched every WNBA game i can watch though just to kind of because i always want to they're always telling a good story like i want to hear what the stories are and and, and i love the game so you're in the wobble and they're in the wobble. Yeah, and they talk about the wobble. It's just hilarious to me, right? Um, yeah. So that's what I've been. That's what I've been doing. Um, there's two more games on tonight. I'm super excited. Um, yeah, I've been like two games every single night. So uh, it's been. They're about a third of the way through the season now. So, been fun. Yeah. I have my ice cream, snack, whatever that is, and you know, sit and watch games. That's cool. Kate, what about you? So I, uh, like Vinny, I was a big fan of the Umbrella Academy when it came out, the season one came out last year, I guess it was. And uh, so I binged season two. Um, and then I, I had so much fun binging season two that I actually went back and I, I started season one again because now I know the answer, like the, the finish of season one, it helps me better understand the story of season one as well this time around. I actually... All right, now that you mentioned that, I want to ask you, because when, when Kate and I originally watched the Umbrella Academy season one, we did it virtually together. So, like, we were texting each other live, like, as we were watching it oh, together. And we were pointing out all of the plot holes and all of the things that didn't make a lot of sense. Now that you've seen the second season and you got a better understanding of even where the first season was going, do the, did you notice the same thing? Like, was season one still a little choppy like that? Yeah. Okay. But I think that... I think that that is only because um, when you're translating from book to video or film, there are just some things that don't translate. There are just some things that it's it's really difficult to to do to do well. So uh, I, I I don't even remember the first season terribly well, and I could still tell you that it was a hundred thousand times better than what they did in the book so it was it was basically just like an incoherent like barely even their mess it basically has the same like plot structure if you could call it that but yeah so did you know that before you per spent money on it i didn't i didn't actually spend money on the books i okay. uh, i read them for free but like yeah I mean, I still invested time, which I'll yeah. never get back. <laughs> yeah. I wanted so, to read the first two, even though like season one is book one, season two is book two. I just wanted like, just in case there were major differences, I didn't want to jump into book three and be like, whoa, where am I? But it, it almost didn't even matter. So yeah. yeah. So sidebar, I was on a Zoom yesterday with a couple other people and one of the women was saying that she's finding it really hard to 
keep a hard line between work and home now that everybody's working from home or not everybody, but a lot of us are. Um, she's got kids and a husband and she will take a break around five o'clock to like do some domestic stuff, get dinner on the table. And then she's right back at the computer by seven. And she was saying, you know, I can feel mentally, my mental health is deteriorating quickly and I don't know how to not come back to work at seven o'clock at night. And one of the things I said to her was, if you build in fun, fun things to your evening routine, you don't want to work. You want to do the fun thing. And one of the things I said was, I'm also uh, binge watching RuPaul's Drag Race and I'm doing it with a friend who I text live while I'm watching where I'll be like, can you believe the gown that she's wearing? And oh my God, that contouring is ridiculous. And you know, just all of these really fun ways to watch TV with a friend from a distance. So yeah, if you can find a friend to, uh, to watch TV with and text at the same time, I feel like it's, it's a really nice way to experience the medium, whatever it is, but also it keeps me from wanting to, to open the laptop back up and, and keep working. What season are you on, Kate? I just finished season six. Uh, that's as far as Hulu goes with uh, Bianca Del Rio. Yes, Bianca Del Rio. One season six. Spoiler <laughs> alert, that woman has my heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say, but Alaska was my all-time favorite, and then I met Bianca Del Rio, and I just... Vinny, you need uh, to watch. Right after, going to. Right, after, right after she won, we saw her live in, in Philadelphia. You did not. We did, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, my God, was she just roasting the crowd, or was she doing stand-up, or what was the... What was it? All was of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so mad I missed it. It's just so, like, give me $20 tonight and I will be me professionally in front of this crowd. Basically. So ever since I started watching Drag Race, my Pinterest page is just half drag queens and half recipes. It's really funny. And uh, Courtney Act was there that night also. In the, was she? In the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. She was so stunning. That woman has legs. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, these queens are just unbelievable, then. You've got to check them out. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> well, you on guys, that well, note. You guys really go full range on here, don't you? I forgot about that. <laughs> Show's actually come a long way since you were on, too. Um, Tom, on that note, refresh the audience's memory. Tell us what you do for Thomas Edison State sure. University. <laughs> Uh, I am the Associate Director of Strategic Partnerships at Thomas Edison State University. Um, our office is responsible for um, partnerships uh, with organizations and corporations, um, whereby those uh, employees or members of those organizations or uh, employees of members of the organizations like NJBIA, uh, their members and their employees uh, will be able to uh, come to Thomas Edison and take courses um, at a corporate at a special corporate rate that we have for our partnerships. Uh, Thomas Edison is the online leader in in uh, higher education. We're one of eleven state colleges and universities in the state of New Jersey, and since 1972, we've been at the forefront of of adult learning um, ever since um, ever since that point in time. That's how that's what we were founded on, and that's who we are today. Uh, because of our online presence, it's been 
we've had a very easy transition. We were, it's a, you know, I, I kind of say all the time, we were, Thomas Edison was really built for this moment, not that we want to be in this moment. Um, but when you spent your entire existence as, as an institution, um, understanding adult learners and how they work and providing that flexibility um, for folks, for us to be able to operationalize without missing a beat, uh, we're open for business. You know, so we, we, we were, we, everybody was, was operationalized to be able to, um, to work as they needed to successfully complete their jobs within a week. And, and, you know, it just didn't, we blinked and we were just kept, we kept rolling. And, uh, uh, I, you know, we have the partnership with NJBIA, all NJBIA members, um, organization members and their employees are, are, can take part of that corporate partner, right? So I'm always happy to, you know, go out and talk to folks, especially that are affiliated with NJBIA, um, because you guys offer so many wonderful benefits to their employees and, and sometimes uh, to your part, to your to your members and their employees. And sometimes people don't always know what they are. So I'm always happy to to be that guy to, to talk to folks about Thomas Edison. And like where we have open a, we, we have open a role right now for the September term. We start our undergraduate courses at the beginning of every month. So September is open. So, you know, I tell people all the time, if you're interested in September and want to take some classes, if you've got some free time on your hands, uh, Show your kids that you too can go to school. <laughs> Not, so many kids are taking courses at home, um, but yeah, it's it's a great place. I've been there for uh, about 13 and a half years now. I love it. Um, when we're not in COVID, as you know, we're neighbors to you guys, um, and uh, it's, it's 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 a real special. It's it's a special place, and I'm I'm grateful to be able to work with our corporate partners and and uh, our students alike. So it's it's. It's it's a pretty it's a good gig. I've got, I've got a I work at a great place with some wonderful people that really believe in what we do and how we do it. So it's really pretty exciting. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a I can't say enough about I can't say enough about my colleagues and our leadership and what we've done to be able to be in this moment and transition and still, you know, provide that level of service and passion and what we do as an institution to help adult learners achieve their educational goals and it ultimately helps uh helps businesses achieve their goals because they're educating their workforce right they're they're they allow their employees to leverage a tuition benefit or even just having the benefit like this allows them to be able to go to school um and then take that knowledge back to the workplace uh so it's it's a it's you know, in, especially in a time like this, we're trying to find a way to make sure that everybody's winning and <laughs> when someday. So I keep thinking about, you know, professional development goals. We at BIA, every staff person has um, professional development they're required to do. And so how easy or difficult is it for a company, ABC company, to get in touch with you and create a partnership so that their employees can have access? Well, they have access through you. If they're a member of oh, NJBIA, if, there you if go. they are, thank you. Uh, I'm happy to talk to them individually too. If they have individual needs and maybe need a certificate program specifically or something like that, we certainly are more than happy to talk to them directly. If you have a member of NJBIA and they want to do something for their employees and they want to send them to Thomas Edison, they can absolutely do that through the NJBIA partnership as well. And get and they would just the employee would just identify that they're part of the NJBIA partnership their employer's okay. NJBIA member, and they get the special corporate rate. So I knew that we had a partnership, but I guess I didn't realize that it translated down to all <clears throat> of the members. They have access through our partnership. That's amazing. That was the member, we and we participated in the member-to-member -member partnership too that you guys had. Yes. Yep. Um, 
with higher education. So um, yeah, and they can get in touch with me. They can get in touch with me through you. They can get in touch with me at tphillips at tesu.edu. Um, I know, I know Kate has every phone number, I think that I own known to mankind. That's part of my name. So she can always, uh, let Kate know, I'm happy to talk to every and any organization, especially if they need to make some customization or they're doing some phenomenal trainings that they want to look at getting credit for collegiate credit for. We do offer, um, the ability to be able to go in and make those assessments too. I'm happy to talk to them about that. So it, yeah, it's, it's. I, I don't. I don't think we. Uh, I think we cover all the bases with regard to that. We want to make sure that the, this opportunity exists, and we're super. And we're incredibly proud of it, and we're proud to be a partner with NJBIA. Fantastic. Have you found that you've had to provide? I know that you guys didn't necessarily need to make any changes to your model. Have you needed to provide any extra support to your students or anything? <clears throat> I think there's some more. I, I think the support is we're, we're getting new students that hadn't thought about going back to school but now that they had time freed up in this moment so it's the same level of service but obviously there are there are heightened sensitivities around i'm unsure where this is going to take me but i know that i want to advance myself so those types of things are a little bit different now but the questions that we get from our students or adult learners are always very consistent. You know, they want to they want to 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 be as efficient as possible with obtaining their degree. They, I, you know, I've heard I got credit back in the 1980s. You're never going to take that. Um, try me. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Send it in. Give us what you got. Because the reality of the situation is, is we want to make sure that you have credit for what you already know, whether that comes in the form of credit that you've already earned in another institution, or whether you do it through our Thomas Edison credit by examination program where you can take an exam at a, at a incredibly, I think, affordable rate to say, hey, I've, I already have knowledge in this area. I'm looking at the syllabus. I can take this exam and test out and you get your three credits um, through prior learning assessment portfolios that, that uh, folks can put together to earn credit. So there's a variety of different ways that, that we make it available just to provide that flexibility because everybody's everybody's angst and possibly going back to school is a, is a little bit different, but we want to make sure that we find a way to package all that prior knowledge into an incredibly valuable degree program for that person. So, yeah, a lot of times they don't know because we don't have a, I always joke, I'm like, sometimes we, we talk about being one of the 11, you know, uh, colleges and universities in, in the state of New Jersey, but people don't know because I say we don't have a mascot. <laughs> like, we have a sports team, we don't have a mascot. We're online, right? We have <laughs> I said you should work on that. Yeah, yeah, you don't need a team to have a mascot, you know. Well, you that's true. Yeah, we don't. Um, but but because we, you know, people don't know, you don't, you know, your sports teams aren't making the papers or social media or whatever. So we are a little bit different in the fact that you know all of our students are adult learners, and uh, it's 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 pretty exciting. And we find a lot of students are taking advantage of the time that they have now too to come back to school. We've got a lot of squirrels and pigeons around here. I recommend one of the two of those. <laughs> squirrels and pigeons. Yeah. Just one of the two. You know, I'm giving you some options. You All right, thanks. Yeah, um, we'll run that fashion university leadership. The Trenton Wildlife. Yes, exactly. Um, so I hear, you know, by the time this airs, we will have already had a diversity and inclusion council meeting. But I think right now, maybe not so much just yet. But I hear that you are a new chair. So why don't you give me a little about that? Kate might be able to give you a little bit more about this, but um, no, I, Kate, Kate had reached out to me with regard to uh, this wonderful council that was the, that 
NJBIA had created. Um, much like all many things in life that happened just before COVID, um, mm. the 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 wonderful plans that NJBIA had in store um, changed. Um, so she she had approached me and um, about that, and uh, it, it, it's it's near and dear to my heart. And Kate was well aware of that from our relationship for many years of of being a partner with NJBIA, and uh, I was I was thrilled absolutely thrilled to be part of it and and to be um in this position it's still you know when you talk we talk to various people and you're trying to schedule time for folks to to come in and speak at our in our monthly sessions and 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 do that we've met so many incredible people so far just in the very short time that we've been doing it and and we we hope that you know businesses and organizations in New Jersey have something very tangible to be able to take away from every session to be able to bring back to the workplace um, when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Um, and I think Kate Kate already knew how I how I feel about those types of social issues when we're talking about that. And prior to doing partnerships too, full disclosure, I spent nearly two decades in human resources. So um, in higher education. So I think when you look at HR and higher education and, and diversity inclusion being even prior to what we're looking at now with social justice issues, um, always being at the forefront and diversity and in 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 diverse diversity of thought as well um, in higher education, uh, it's it, it it's it was really good fit and I'm 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 thrilled I'm excited about it I'm excited where we're where we're going we've got some really good ideas already and some things that we want to do and. We're going to wait and see if we're doing them virtually or otherwise, depending <laughs> what happens going forward. So, uh, but we're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it and 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 bring um, valuable issues. Everybody that we're talking to has some really valuable um, stories and some some issues that they want to bring to the forefront. And we've already had one uh, monthly speaker already. She was amazing, Elizabeth Williams Riley absolutely amazing um, speaker. I highly recommend anybody to go back and watch it. Um, watch her webinar if you if you haven't had a chance to see it live or haven't seen it yet. Um, she was absolutely amazing. Talked about creating brave spaces in the workplace and what that means and in and how that impacts the the diversity and culture of the of the organization. Um, and I'm always open like we're, we've been open. I, my whole thing with talking to folks is tell us your story because I think telling everybody's got a personal story and telling your story is what brings diversity to the table from people from all backgrounds and, and can appreciate. That's a very real tangible thing and, and allowing those spaces and workplaces to be able for folks to be able to share their story and feel they're included. And we've got a great speaker coming up next week too. Um, I'll let probably Kate speak a little bit more to that, but yeah. yeah. But so by the time this airs, that event will have passed, but we oh, are yeah, going to yeah. record it and it will be available on the website. So August 20th, Rashad Bajwa from Domain uh, Computer Services is going to be our guest speaker. And um, he has an, an alumni of this show. Alumni of this show. That's yeah. very true. He has a really, really interesting story. He grew up um, as the only Pakistani. Danny kid in uh, New Jersey, I think. And that experience kind of shaped him in really interesting ways. And so the conversation is going to be about intentional inclusion. How can we as adults use our experiences from the past in order to make choices to make everybody feel like they're included, you know, intentionally, not just um, 
you know, we're, we're all fine to be here together, but like, I welcome you. I embrace you. I want to know more about you. Tell me how, tell me what you add to the team. Let's, ex let's get excited about all of our differences because they're all going to add something cool. I'm excited. His story is amazing. So go back and watch it. I know that I forgot this is going to air afterwards. I keep thinking I'm live today for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but go take the time. It's going to be well just to hear a story. If nothing else, go back and take. And there's a lot more to it. But his story in and of itself, I just sat there kind of. I wanted him to talk more. I wanted to learn more about him. It's a it's a really any it's a really great story that fully. And this is why I love stories from folks is that fully illustrates the whole concept of inclusion um, and, and, and the mindfulness around it. Uh, and I, I don't think I've ever heard a better story uh, where where somebody's talking about mindful inclusion and what that means in, is an illustration for that. Jeez, mm -hmm. this just was a great story. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear more next week, actually. I'm, I, I don't plan on saying much on the webinar. Mm -hmm. I know I'm supposed to host it and moderate it, but no, I plan on doing a lot of listening and not a whole lot of talking. So <laughs> I'm really interested to hear more. It's funny that you say that because um, I've been listening to all kinds of podcasts lately. And one of the things that somebody said recently is that, you know, when I look at the world and I think about what is my work here in this world to make it a better place, sometimes my work is to listen. My work is just to listen and better understand where the uh, where the person is coming from and i think that that is such a valuable and legitimate way to um to look at the world so i love that you just said that i think that's exactly our we are like this you and i you know i, I can't I, I speak kate i tell her all the time i speak kate Vinny, i'm sure you speak kate by now too but yeah i mean we all speak 75 kate. episodes later i think i learned <laughs> you guys are both fluent <laughs> Actually, I think this is 77 now, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great, it's, it's, it's been, uh, I, it's been a couple of months and I, I feel like that, you know, we're dealing in COVID time. It's like Eastern time, Central, Mountain, Pacific, COVID time. <laughs> we're dealing COVID time right now. And so um, days feel like weeks, weeks feel like three hours. Um, it just, it, but I think we've been doing this for a couple of months, Kate. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it, we're, we're building a phenomenal uh, council. Um, we're in the process of doing that and, uh, and we're, we're, we're building phenomenal programs and it's just, you know, people talk all the time, sometimes in a moment like this, um, it, people, you know, are like, I don't know if this is the best time to do something like that, but I think this is the right time to do this. Um, this is the right time to be bringing diversity and inclusion. Um, I mean, my, my institution is just phenomenal at it. Um, you know, we, 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 we talk about diversity and inclusion, we live it, we embrace it. Um, and it's been that way in all 13 years I've been there. It's been just a great place to work. And so to be able to um, have that same level, you hope on some level that other organizations are experiencing what I'm experiencing, right? There, that, 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 that inclusion and the diversity of thought and the diversity of people and the, and welcoming all of that and putting our arms around it. You, I, I want that for other organizations, businesses, organizations in, in the state of New Jersey. And so um, in that regard, it's been super fun. It's been, it's been a lot of fun so far. And 
Kate and I have a good time regardless of what we're talking about or what we're doing. So this uh, this makes it real simple and real easy. So um, it, it just flows and uh, it's been it's been a really it's been a really great experience so far. And I know we've got some good stuff lined up. So I'm super excited about it. But yes, long, the short answer of that is yes, I'm the new chair of this. <laughs> After oh everybody, everybody okay, so I, that, I, that I speak, uh, I speak English and I speak Kate and those are my two languages and I got to go update my resume now. Thank you. <laughs> I think everybody should update their resume if they can speak. That's a really important skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have another friend up in uh, up in Middlesex County and uh, I joke with him all the time that I speak him too because uh, yeah, it's great. It's just great. It's fantastic. <sighs> okay, so I think on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about a couple more things. So we'll see you in a moment. Okay, sounds great. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we usually play a game in this space, but we're not going to do that today. Uh, we know that our lives have changed significantly, and we're curious how have our pets' lives changed since the pandemic? Tom, Tom. this hard hitting question goes to you first. I have three. Um, we have two dogs and a cat, and um, cat's life hasn't changed except she thinks she can get fed more during the day, and she does. Because um, you're just around, she's just a, we're just around more during the day um, to to feed her, so she thinks that we should be feeding her all day long. So, uh, but I think for our dogs, our dogs are you know our dogs are fiercely loyal to us. And so I think that they've become so used to us just being there all the time, 24-7, and dogs love that. Um, so when we leave, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety, even if it's to go outside to water plants or something like that. So I think that um, they've even grown more attached um, to us, but they also are literally with us all the time. I had to shut them out of this session um which i don't think they're upstairs and too happy about at the moment but um we wouldn't have minded they could have made the cameos it's all good uh, uh, when a cat walks by or something everybody's like oh <laughs> <laughs> isn't that our lives though i've seen people i've been on i've been on zoom calls with with uh pets kids i mean everybody like just i where was on one last week and you know spouse walked through behind the kitchen and just like, you get to see everybody's life at play right which is yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like real life Facebook. You get to see everybody's life at play, except the real version, not the one people put on Facebook, right? So yeah, yeah. Our, our pets are our pets are incredibly spoiled. Um, and so they are with us constantly. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. And that's how their life has changed. And they love it. They love it. So and we love them, so it's fine. But once in a while it's like, hey, I'm just gonna go shut the door. <laughs> For a second, I'll be back out. But yeah, I need a break. How about you guys with pets? So my dog straight hates me now. Like, um, it, it used to be, okay, so we would go off to work and then we'd walk her when we got home and, you know. But then during COVID, you know, I guess when she knows we're here, there's a there's a, an expectation that we're going to be taking her for walks a little bit more often than when we're not. So I was doing it because when I didn't, you know, there was, pee on the floor and stuff and I'm, I'm running out of the materials to clean this stuff you know that's that's become so difficult to get so I started getting my dog on like a every two and a half hour or less schedule and then the heat wave hit like it's been 90 I as of the time we're recording this it's been like 95 outside for weeks 
And so she was not having that. I had to like drag her out of the house, you know? <laughs> so now when I go to get up out of my chair and she thinks I'm heading for the door, she scrambles and hides from me as quickly as she can. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Luna cannot wait until, you know, <laughs> NJBIA opens back up. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, my cats are delighted that I'm home, but sort of like, like your guys, Tom, they're basically hovering at my feet all the time. I can't tell you how many phone calls are interrupted because I've accidentally tripped on them or stepped on them or, and they look at me with these big wounded eyes. Like I've just, you know, dragged a bag out that was filled with rocks and they're going in next into the river. Like they just look like I'm the worst human being alive because they stand where I'm going to trip on them and then I trip on them. So that part has been difficult, but they definitely love that I'm home. Um, and I find myself thinking of new ways to entertain them. And this is so dumb, but I, uh, my current office is in a second bedroom and there's a, a little roof outside the window here. So I bought some bird seed and I scattered it on the, the roof outside the window. And the cats are like, <gasps> they're freaked. They are so happy, so happy. But of course they can't get through the window. It's just like extra television for them or something. Yeah, so they are delighted that I'm home. They don't understand why I don't wanna just sit and pet them all day because that's what they would prefer. And, uh, Every time I do something crazy like buy birdseed and throw it out the window, they just lose their minds. I love it. That's been fun. We're gonna switch gears. That that was a, a more of a softball question. Now we're gonna get a little bit more hard hitting. So all right, here we go. Speaking from the perspective of the Diversity Inclusion Council and your background in education, yep. what's one piece of advice you'd give to students who are feeling alienated and alone as the result of bullying? Are we talking higher education students or K through twelve? Any. Yeah, I'm hey. gonna leave that to you. It was my job to serve up that question. Now you can let me run with it however I feel I need to run with it. You know, it's it, it, it's a topic close to home for me in that I grew up a a different child in a in a, in a small town of two thousand people. Um, I I still have my closest friends to this day are I. People I grew up, some people I grew up with. I, you know, there's a group of us that have been friends ever since birth. So I, I don't want to kind of rule that out, but being different and in a place and, and having been um, bullied uh, in, to a certain extent, I, you know, and not really spoke up about it. And I think that one of the things that, um, and just for full context, I'm, I'm, I'm in the LGBTQ community. And so being in a, in a very small town, rural town in America, growing up as an LGBTQ child, um, it, it's being being different in that regard then. And you got to think this is, and I'm going to date myself, but this is the 70s and, and early 80s. Um, very different, I think, than now, but still exists, right? It's still pervasive. Um, I, I, you know, I know a lot has been made of safe spaces, but I think that that's really important. And I think that what I tell it, what I would tell any anybody, anybody, I don't even know if it's relegated to students, is to find that place that's safe for you and speak up. And, and um, 
find your find your your place where you belong and and let it be known that this is happening to you and seek the help that you need um, to to help you on your own personal journey and your path to make you whole um, in whatever that means for you. Um, but do it in a healthy way um, and and do it where you know you have the support and speak up because living with that internally and not doing anything about it. Um, that's tough. I mean, that's, 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 that's hard. That's tough. And I think that, um, your ability to be able to, you know, when you're being bullied is who do I trust, right? Yeah. Who do I trust? Um, it, but, but fine, do what you need to do to find that space to be able to do that, um, for yourself. And I think it becomes incumbent on folks then when somebody does come forward and says, this is happening, to be able to provide that space, um, help them provide the space where they can be themselves, the their best version of themselves, whatever that is. Um, so I think that you know when you're talking about diversity and inclusion, that becomes a that becomes a two way street um, for both finding it out for yourself and sometimes kids just don't know where to go. You know, it, it could have taken one adult for for me to that realized I was different and to be able to say. And I and I had a couple that stepped forward and said, you know, hey, I'm here for you you know, whatever that meant. And, um, and they, they knew I was different. We didn't talk about what made me different, but I knew that they inherently knew and they supported me and that was cool. So you find those safe spaces uh, for people to talk. And I don't, and I, I know people, like I said, have juggled that term around safe space, but I don't, I don't take that lightly. That's why I was such a fan of our session um, last month uh, was with Elizabeth Williams Riley because she talked about brave spaces in the workplace. Um, it's it's really it's it's creating that space and opportunity for you to be the best version of yourself. Um, and sometimes if it's a if it's a, if it's a child that's being bullied, sometimes it becomes incumbent on the adults in the room to be able to 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 take notice of that and 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 to assist that child. But then again, like when we talk about teenagers and things like that, I have a 15 year old nephew. I talk to him all the time. That if if you feel like you're being bullied or um feel out of place or whatever the case may be i need for you to reach out to me this is a place my home is a place i am a place where you get to be the best version of yourself whatever that is and and it comes without condition and i'll be more than happy as long as you're making yourself happy and not at the expense of somebody else and you're not doing it to somebody else um this is your place this is your place um and i think it becomes incumbent on the adults in the room to be able I to be able to, to say that so it's it's uh, it's finding your space and and helping others find find their space for them when they may not know what it is kate correct me if i'm wrong but if somebody wants to join the diversity inclusion council it was njbia.org events that is correct okay that is correct. then tom tell everybody how they could get a hold of you if they want to talk partnerships uh partnerships there we go uh, you can reach me at T Phillips, T P H I L L I P S, at T E S U for Thomas Edison State University. Edu. Um, reach out to me by email. I think that's the best way. When I respond, you'll have my phone number and everything. Uh, but I'll give you a phone number real quick. It's 609-984-7188, extension 3497. Uh, and uh, I know Kate and I will continue to be working with with the uh, diversity and inclusion uh, piece too. And uh, I look forward to to having uh, many more people on the on the uh, on the events as we grow them as well. So 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners, especially subscribers. We so appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, thank you to Tom Phillips of Thomas Edison State University and the brand new chair of our Diversity and Inclusion Council for joining us today. It was such a treat to have you. Thank you, guys. Those treat was mine. It's always great to it's always great to see where our conversations go. <laughs> exactly. We'll try to have All you right, on so much faster than 77 episodes. Later. Uh, thanks. Yeah, great. No, thank you guys. You guys are great. I love your episodes, thank and you. and you guys have done it. You guys have built this program into a monster, which is cool. And I'm really so happy to be part of it. And you guys are total fun. Uh, and and you really understand though the needs of the larger business community, and you know how to have a good time doing it. So it's always my pleasure to be on with you guys. You guys have done a great job of this program. I look forward to doing it again. Thank you so Thank much. You so much. Thanks, guys.